Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast, where we cover all the steps and strategies to make your real estate dreams a reality. Now your hosts, Jason and Peely. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast with Jason Peely. We are here with Zachary and Stephanie Betters. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Yay. Well, you're on uh, with us down in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina today. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Very well. Okay, great. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, we love having on people that um, we feel like we know because uh, we're in a uh, real estate group together, but we have actually never met. So uh, this is the first time that we're actually getting to speak live and uh, super excited to have you on the show. So uh, excited to be here. Thank you very much. Yay. We always like to start with a little bit of a background about yourselves. Um, just where you are or how you met, um, what really got you guys started with the real estate bug and just really grew your foundation. And from that point, fast forward to where you're at today. All right. Okay. I'll take it. Should we tell a love story? Does that yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> sure, I love that's it. love story. I'll give you the short end of the, of the love story. We Aww. may be here all day. <laughs> <laughs> so we met in 2005 while we were at college and kind of love at first sight, that whole thing. Uh, both working at EMTs on an ambulance, kind of helping out other people. And we've kind of continued that out through our journey. But we uh, fell in love, met in 2005, but didn't really get into real estate till 2007. Uh, we got married. I honestly think it was like those fix and flip nations. Like we caught that little bug of like, oh, just buy a foreclosed house fix it up and then you're golden. And we really didn't know much else other than that. Um, and I would search the classified ads in the newspaper all the time, looking for a good deal. Didn't really know what a good deal was, but finally talked this one into, uh, letting us buy a foreclosed house that needed our a- first house, you know, like our first, as a married couple, I'm thinking like, I'm dreaming my little dream that we're going to move into like a beautiful house and we're gonna have babies and it's going to be amazing. And somehow he convinces me to get this foreclosed house, which is exactly what you'd imagine. You're like covered mold. in mold. <laughs> <laughs> it's a complete disaster. Like carry me across this threshold. I was going to say carry you into the house, right? Yeah. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. So that was our first, our first go at it. Just brand new married um, couple trying to renovate this house. We, we, thankfully we were still in our apartment when we first bought it. So we were able to like remediate the mold before we moved in. Um, so the first couple months we were able to do that, but as soon, literally as soon as it was habitable, <laughs> habitable, habitable. We moved into this house and, and we renovated it over the course of about a year and a half. Um, from like soup to nuts, down to studs, tiling, middle of the night. With wow. No, no real estate, Zach no construction bu- background. We have it somewhere. We have like a do-it-yourself like book. Lowe's book. From too. Lowe's. <laughs> that we bought and renovated this thing. And, it, you know, it turned out really well. Like, thank God we sold that house like right before the market crashed. Oh, and gosh. here we were in Binghamton, New York at the time. IBM was really big in Binghamton. Still, it still is, but they had a huge layoff like weeks after we, we closed on this house and the market just crashed and the whole country, you know, had the same kind of thing. So we got out, we sold that at the peak, thank God. And then it worked out good because we took the proceeds that we made from that, from that sale and we went to grad school. And, uh, you know, Zach is now a physician assistant and I'm a nurse practitioner. So we kind of wrote out, um, the, the real estate crash for the next two years, three years on Long Island, New York, while we were studying and renting. And we had that nest egg that we had saved from that, from that flip. Um, and the goal was always from that point to get back into real estate when we were finished with our, with, um, grad school. So 
we're trying to figure out where to go from there. You know, where do we live? Our family's all over the country. No one's really in a place. Both of our parents are like, oh, we're going to retire. Where do we move? I don't know. So we just kind of decided, well, let's just pick a place. Where do we want to live? You know, with and, and our parents basically agreed that if we had moved somewhere warmer, anywhere warmer <laughs> than, than like New England, um, they would join us and, and uh, do the grandkid thing. So so that we, that kind of stimulated the search and we were just like, okay, what, how about, how about Charlotte? Um, Zach and Zach did a lot of research on the, on the market. Why don't you tell them about why we picked Charlotte? Oh, so, I mean, yeah. we limited the search a little bit based on, on weather and we wanted to stay in the East coast and kind of narrowed it down to, to the Carolinas. And, um, you know, we looked up at like the Raleigh and the Durham area and that had already kind of exploded in terms of the real estate world. It was already on its way up and, you know, just kind of on a whim again, I didn't have a lot of background in financing or business or real estate, but just kind of thought, you know, I think Charlotte is going to be the next big city in, in North Carolina to kind of take off. And I mean, I, I think we picked that one pretty, pretty good, uh, whether that's luck or what, I don't know. But, uh, so we, we decided to move to Charlotte, it had the nice airport. It had a lot of good um, stuff in the financial and the business district there. Um, and a lot of opportunity for improvement with, with jobs and where jobs come, people come and where people come, people need real estate. And, you know, so over the last six years that we've been here, I mean, the, the real estate market here has continued to boom, um, and, and continues to do so. So I think we made a good choice there. Yeah. It's been kind of nice because there's almost like a spoiler alert with, um, Northern North Carolina, because we've seen over time that Charlotte kind of follows that trend. So we feel really protected here and know that, okay, when, when, when the next bubble bursts, because of course it's going to at some point, I feel that um, we'll be able to get that alert first from Northern North Carolina and Raleigh, Durham, that whole area. I think that'll burst first and we'll be able to have, you know, it's, we were, we're about five years behind them, it seems like. So I feel like when they start slowing down, we'll know that we need to shift our strategy again. But it's kind of funny to look at the, the two trends and see that they do really follow each other. So, um but in terms of real, you know, getting us back into real estate, um, you know, we always knew that we wanted to get back in there, but we just took that time off to get our careers set. And then, you know, college was a few years to kind of get that and get our careers settled. And, um, you know, a couple kids in there. Yeah. She had a couple. How many kids kids do you have? We have three, um, seven and a half, five and two and a half. Wow. Beautiful. So, So we moved down here with a two year, with a one and a half year old really. And, Zach wanted to like right away get back into real estate and I was like oh we just had baby and we're you know we're pregnant again and um we really wanted to take some time I really wanted to to like settle things down let's we just brand new graduated let's get our careers going let's raise our young family a little bit more um before we jump back in (laughs) right so I I mean I feel bad because I did kind of hold him back a little bit but once we, once we got settled there and like that family zone and, you know, we moved into our house now and I really started feeling secure again that, okay, now I'm ready. And that kind of brought us to 2014. We bought, we bought yeah. a rental. Yeah. And I mean, once she made that switch, I mean, that was just like night and day difference. You know, that's when I really started to get, it. we knew we wanted to do it. Yeah, <laughs> we knew we wanted keep, to. Just, just so, just to give the audience members that aren't watching, I keep on pointing to myself. Um, I love what you guys are saying. Definitely expand on your partnership, it's like that that click that happened when you guys knew that this was the path that you were going to take. Not only, not just Zach, not just you, Stephanie, but together, like expand on that. I think we definitely have a lot of synergy, which is really exciting to see. Like. 
outside of our relationship, you know, I think we're super compatible in our relationship, but it's also really, really exciting and rewarding to see that we have that same kind of synergy in a business relationship. Um, I think that, you know, Zach has had all these really wonderful ideas. And once that we've got on that same like business page together, like, like you said, it clicked and that business energy comes together. And I think we both have strengths and, and weaknesses that, that work well with each other, you know? Um, and you know, I was, I was able to bring like the, the organizational stuff together, the design stuff together, like formatting everything. So like it's an actual business and, you know, bouncing ideas off each other always bounce us higher, you know, like, I don't know how to quite explain it, but I think having a partner in this journey is so important. Even if it's not your spouse, like you have to have somebody else there who's like excited with you and can imagine something outside the box with you. You know what I mean? I mean, I think we continue to push each, push each other harder. Like I push myself very, very hard and that kind of helps to kind of pull her up at times. And yeah. she's, maybe even crazier than I am and pushes herself herself even harder, which then kind of pulls me off. And so if some one person is slacking off, the other person is like pulling you up and and I'm giving you the encouragement of like, shoot, I even have to work harder. And some days I'm like, we keep kind of outdoing each other. Like we gotta, we gotta put the brakes on at some point to, to take a look at the balance of life and things like that as well. Um, you know, cause that's the other thing having it be your spouse and you guys could probably test to this too. Like there's no off button, right? Yeah. Like there's no automatic off button that the clock strikes four and, and business is over. We left the office. So your right. office is here in our house. Yep. We constantly get inundated from phone calls from either team members or, or clients or whatever. So there's like, if you don't force an off time, then there's not an off time. So how do you, like you just said, how you force an off time? How do you find that off time? How do you like turn your computer off? How do you like make, this is business, this is family. It's all in the same house. And I gotta be honest. We struggle, we with, struggle that. with that. That's, that's a day-to-day conversation. Yeah. Um, and little things that I've tried to do. So I've tried to create over the last few months, family fun Friday. Like that was a big one. Care what happens like at Friday, the kids come home from school at four, like, I need to be off. I mean, I think that's probably the only time that I've ever lost my patience with like one of our, one of our team members is I was like, you can't interrupt. Like I need one hour of the week that I can just spend with my family and give them, you know, cause we do have young children and I feel a, a strong pressure to do well in business, but I feel a strong pressure to be a good husband, to be a good father. And, uh, you know, especially to be a good father, they're only kids once. And so, um, I think we're continuing to work on that, but just doing simple things like that. Yesterday we made a, uh, a summer 2017 list. All right. What do you guys want to do over the summer? It was like make homemade ice cream, like go for a bike ride. Like kids want these little things in like, yep. if you can write them down, just like you would with your business, like yeah. write it down and that will be your goal and you'll do it. So now we try to do that. Let's write it down. And then we'll pick that day that we're going to go do this off time or right. I'll, I'll, I'll try to put the phone down. Um, yeah. And you're it, making my heart happy right now. Okay. Keep on yeah. going. Keep on going. It's amazing. I think you're down. You know, that what helped us with our with our business and growing it is like step by step. What are we gonna do? What do we need to do? Small goals. And now we're like, we have to flip this script and do it with our family, or else it never gets done. So that's we've been really trying really hard to find a good counterbalance now, you know, and it's always like back and forth, you know, business balances up is, is wrong and now family balance is wrong, so we're fixing that. Um, but writing think, it down has been really helpful. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons for our success is we've always been able to see delayed gratification, right? Like give up me now for mm-hmm. the benefit later. 
but there just comes a time in life where we're like, we can't do that. We've done this now for, you know, 15 years. Like we, you know, I mean, our, to be where we're at and just our careers outside of real estate, like that didn't happen overnight. Like that took, you know, years of discipline, years of, of sacrifice to get there. And as soon as we got like stable in that, we're like, boom, let's start a whole nother thing. Let's start, let's start real estate. And you start yeah. from ground one again, ground zero yeah. again. And you start to build that up and we're okay with that delayed gratification. But then there comes a time where you have to say like, Right. We don't the kids can't wait. You know? yeah. yeah, the kids. You're going to keep growing. Yeah. And, and although we can self-sacrifice in our time and things, because we see that in the future, like we're, we're grownups though, and they're not, and they don't get it. And and we want to make their childhood super fun too, and be good yeah. parents and, and have good balance. So that's, I mean, like it's a daily conversation. And I think that we have that on the agenda to talk about, like, what can we do today to make it balanced for, for our family too. And, and I heard, I heard you guys have talked about this too. Like, like what's your why? And I think we all have our different whys. And, mm-hmm. and as with you guys, part of our why is like for our family. Yeah. And so it's tough because for my family, I make sacrifices, but at the same point I have to say, all right, I can't lose my family in the midst of making the sacrifice. Cause you guys were the whole reason why I was doing this to begin with. Yeah. Uh, so getting that counterbalance. Yeah. It's, it's a struggle, it's but it's hard. Fun. It's hard, but we try. It's like everybody, you, yeah. you know, I think the, the nice thing is, as you talk to people, like everybody's in the same boat. Like you talk to somebody else and it's like, Oh, you guys are, I thought it was just me that was like, you know, feeling Wait, this. Am I looking at a mirror? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Look, see, see, it's the same, same. <laughs> so you guys have really been able to ramp up your business just for context. Just tell, uh, tell listeners a little bit more about your business. What, what are you doing? Where's your focus? Uh, what, what does your day to day look like? And just for context, you are having a full family a full-time job and now growing a massive real estate company. So what does that look like? And and where's your focus? So we're kind of diversified with a real estate company. Um, We do fix and flips wholesales and we, we are adding rentals to our portfolio. So we kind of, when the deal comes through to us um, with our, we have heavy marketing, when deal comes through, we really try to figure out which peg this is really and where we can fit it in. And if it's a deal in any of those three categories. Um, So doing so that way we're up to, I think 43 deals this year. I think we're right around 43. Um, and last year we did like eight. (laughs) (laughs) So it's been, uh, it's been kind of crazy. And once we got that traction, um, with building our team and, um, building our strategies, we were able to just take off from there. Um, so we've been, we've been really busy with that stuff. So we have the, the, those three categories. Then we also do private renovations and private rehabs for, uh, people who just want to renovate their kitchen or renovate or put an addition on their house. Um, I'll go out there and design it for them. And then we'll bring in our contractors, um, that we know and love and they'll, they'll do the work for, for the homeowners. That's been fun too, to do that for somebody else. Um, and then we also recently developed our marketing arm of our company to offer marketing services for other people who are interested. So that's been, that's been exciting as well. Um, trying to diversify the company and find, you know, different streams that are successful within the company. So I think the, the hallmark to, to the real estate business kind of being successful is all about marketing and deal inflow. You, know, you have to have deals coming in or else the whole business kind of stops. And so we've always tried to make that a, you know, the focus of getting as much you know, good marketing out there and as many deals coming in as you possibly can. And, you know, our ideal strategy is fix and flip. But then as you start to look at all these deals that come in, they don't all fit that cookie cutter box. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we had our struggles along the way with contractors and 
not being able to keep up. And that's where the wholesaling side of the business kind of came in. Right. You know, all of a sudden our marketing got to be really good. It's like you struggle to find leads. You know, we were talking about the start. It took four months to find our first deal and then got two deals in a week. It was like, Oh my goodness, we haven't done a deal yet. Now we've got to do two. Um, you know, but as we got really good with the, with the marketing and the deals start coming in and the contractors start to kind of slow off, what are we going to do with those leads? Right. And, uh, you know, we had some good leads and that's where the wholesaling business kind of came in. And the, everybody talks about passive income. And so that's kind of, you know, if something will fit that rental kind of portfolio and we can yeah. slowly build the, the, the passive income, you know, th- then we utilize that. And as we've gotten really good with this marketing, I mean, like I said, she's as crazy, crazier than I am, where she's constantly working, <laughs> improve, And, you know, I think she's really kind of hit onto something big with um, some of the online kind of marketing that I, I was going to, I want you guys to kind of talk about that, like this crazy ninja Facebook awesomeness. Like I, I, to give you context, I, uh, we were going back and forth messenger and I uh, saw something with your, with the betters homes of Cal uh, of, Cal, of the Cal- Carolinas. Yes. Um, and I replied to this awesome video that you had and somehow Stephanie got her page to auto reply to me. And this is on Facebook. I don't, I didn't know Facebook auto replied. That's just awesome. Like this, the like ninja skills that you have, can you ex- maybe tease us on that? Sure. So first of all, I think Facebook is gigantic. Online marketing in general is just a gigantic opportunity. You know, we're all sending mailers out and direct mailing. And I think that market has become more and more saturated with, with competition. And I mean, our response rates to direct mail kind of, right. you know, tanked and, you know, we listen to all the all all the podcasts and all the things and try to tweak it. And we send out multiple mailers, you know, hitting them from different angles. The cute couple to the <laughs> to the you know the random person to see if you can you know hit better with one. And I think you know as she's alluding to, like online marketing is just huge. It's it's the place to go. Everybody's doing everything online. This morning I pick up my phone and my daughter was trying to buy a turtle. <laughs> What what is this attempted purchase? I'm like a turtle. You can't buy a turtle. On <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, their grandma has a pond, and they're trying to yeah. And she's she's thinking about things to put in the pond. But yeah. anyway, we we send out a ton of mail. We send out like ten thousand postcards or letters or what combination a month, um, direct mail, and constantly looking for a different avenue to get leads in. So we started doing some other online marketing things, and I. Um, started doing, did that myself. I did our own, you know, Google things and I, and that went really well. I'm like, Oh, let's try this Facebook thing out. And I, and I think Facebook is so untapped and, you know, I think people underestimate how powerful it is, but we're all on there. All of our grandmas are on there. Everybody is on Facebook looking at pictures and looking at all kinds of things. And, and we don't realize this, but Facebook is aggregating all of that data, all your online behavior. Facebook is, is, is market is, um, is sorry, my phone's ringing. Our Facebook is is taking data from everything you do, all the online purchases you do, everything you click on and off Facebook. It's creepy how much mm. it stores about us as individuals. So, I found a way to market to motivated sellers on Facebook and set up a ton of automation in association with that. So now Facebook has collected all that data. Well, now I can collect that data too and see find those motivated sellers. And I'm getting like five leads a day from Facebook. Wow. Just from that source. I mean, and we're plugging them them into the same kind of like automation drip sequence. And we're, we're following these people for up to a year. 
you know, I've got them all, all, uh, set up to, for follow-up. So it's, it's crazy when you compare that to the response rates we're getting from direct mail. I mean, what's your response rates for your direct mail, just to give our listeners some context. So sending out 10,000 mailers a month, about 2,500 mailers a week, we probably get like 15 to 20 calls Mm -hmm. of that, maybe five good leads out of that. And then probably one or two appointments based on that. Um, and then of course there's a delay. So a lot of the times the, the appointments and the deals that we're getting are from a couple months ago. So just like the same automation that we put those people in the follow-up, we put those people in, we're doing the same thing for our online stuff, but by far my online marketing response rate is blowing direct mail out of the water. It's incredible. So how can we get on your beta test? <laughs> yeah. So you so, are you are testing it with a with a couple of uh, with a couple of companies right now, aren't you? Yep. So we tested it with two and duplicated those results. And so now that because we were able to duplicate, and I duplicated them as well, private, you know, ourselves in a different market in Pennsylvania. <coughs> uh, once I saw that that replicated my results in Charlotte, I was like, okay, we took two um, beta clients on. And two weeks ago, and they have had the same response rate as well. Wow, that's and amazing! Said, you know what? This is something. This is something incredible. We can. There's nobody else out there doing this kind of automation and this kind of um, Facebook tweaking. So we decided. I, I hired on um, some people to help me with the marketing because it's, you know I'm doing it personally. Like everything is personal touch. I want to make sure I know your market, and I'm tweaking it to you specifically. So I've got now people on our team to help me to help me do that and help me, you know, give that personal touch to, um, that the marketing campaigns to other companies. And we took on another client this week. They woke up, I, I got their ads. I won't tell you who it is just for privacy, but I set them up yesterday with, um, with Facebook marketing. They woke up this morning to three leads. What? Wow. Yeah. Hours, within hours. So I'm telling you like Facebook is the way to go. No one's doing this. Everything is tapped out. So although I think it's still important to have the direct mail, to have Google and have all these, you know, well-known and well-tested avenues, it's also really important to make sure that we're not missing new opportunities. Exactly. And, you know, we've got to keep adding people the way, the way we can. So I'm super excited about it. I think Facebook is, is definitely the number one most underutilized tool. Wow. By far, I mean, obviously, right. like by far, there's no competition. If I'm waking up to three new leads within less than 12 hours of active <laughs> campaigns, like, Yep. Like, like we're, we need to do this. So it's full steam ahead here. I'm super excited about this discovery. And I'm just like, who's ready? Let's do it. I need to put it into context again. Like, for instance, you said it took you four months to get those two leads in one week. In 12 hours, you got three leads for one of your, for one of your uh, customers. That's what? just, that's, that's like my, my, my brain's exploded. Excuse me. And you see <laughs> deals go to 43 deals. Hey, so as you grow, how much is it has really gone that, that this Facebook marketing has allowed you to expand to 43 deals. And, and upon those 43 deals, you, you guys touch on a great point is that you, you, you have a lot of leads come across and you, and you may just be so hyper-focused on we're just flipping. So we're just going to look at this point as a flip and not everything works. So you may be doing, you know, eight deals and that eight deals is all you're going to do because those are the ones in your criteria, but you found ways that you said, well, I have good leads. So what else can I do with these leads? And you're able to capture on that leads. And that's important for listeners, especially as they, uh, they go into just even 
starting out in real estate is that you may want to be hyper-focused to begin with. Start with your context of, of where you want to start so you can learn the process. But as you go, don't just throw away something if it initially doesn't look good on paper is that there's a lot of different opportunities out there, especially in real estate. And uh, this Facebook, it sounds like you guys are onto something. So congrats. That's awesome. I think it's all about the opportunities and recognizing an opportunity and finding a way to utilize it. You know, we are like, we're rehabbers. So that's our focus. That's how we started. And that criteria is like our salmon. Like when we're fishing, we get a salmon that's ours, but we still get a ton of other fish. So what do you, I mean, you don't throw them back. You got to sell those fish. So I think finding the way to diversify that opportunity has been phenomenal. And then, you know, Hey, we're fishing here in our marketing side and we got this this other huge thing, like this Facebook thing we found. So we got to, this is big. We got to figure out something to do do with this and and how to tap into that, you know, opportunity. But I think you have to be focused on who you are and find what you really like and what you want to do with your company. And then also keep an open mind to other opportunities that hit you in the face, you know? And I think once you open your mind like that, you look around and you're like, wow, there is so much we can do here. There's so much available. I think it's also one of the benefits of having like a awesome partner and to be able to go at this business with a partner you're able to take on a lot more right like i mean this this facebook thing is huge and it's also a huge time consumer you know if if it was just a one-man show running this organization you know that might be enough to kind of cripple it but she's able to like manage you know she basically came up with it she's able to manage that and then i'm able to kind of manage you know the other side of the business you know so that you know, you know what I mean? I mean, she can run that all essentially on, on her own and focus on that. And then there's somebody else to pick up the focus on the rest of the portion of the business. Um, you know, and that's why I think that one plus one is greater than two. I think that one plus yeah. one is, you know, you definitely yeah. infinite, infinite. Yeah. One it's also great infinite. to have partners who compliment you. And, uh, I mean, that of course goes with relationships, but as business partners as well, I have been in partnerships and I've jumped into it and it sound great because everybody had the same energy, but our, our strengths, we're not complimentary. We, we maybe we're, we're stronger on one Avenue and we're missing out on key points. And so we weren't able to compliment. And so for you guys to go to come on and say, okay, this is where I'm good at. And this is where I'm not good at. And then for you, this is your focus. I mean, that's the way that you have to, if you are looking for partners structured, who, who is a person I can work with that where I can't pick up the ball, another person can pick it up and run with it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't try to go at it alone. Sure. Yeah. You'll just burn yourself out and you just can't do everything. And and on those slump days where things, uh, everything goes wrong on some day, you got to have somebody who can pull you up and be like, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. Birds eye view it. It's going to be fine. Exactly. Um, so I think, I think partnership in general is just really awesome. And I, I'm really excited that we get to do it together, you know, and, and bring our relationship into that too. It's yeah. cute. <laughs> well, that's a big part about this show is that we, we always want to, the, to focus on that. Okay, great. We're, we're really focused on real estate, but it's about the foundation and, uh, and it, the foundation comes back to, to you being personally better, your, your family being better, everybody around you being better and how you can, how you can just get this business started, but just make sure that everything around you continues to be better based on your actions. And, uh, that's I mean, it's the same thing we're doing. Same yeah. reason. So, yeah. So now that we have sort of your foundation, your business, where do you see you guys yourselves in like a year, five years? Like what's, 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 what's the goals? You know, it's, it's really incredible. I mean, you can see kind of the exponential growth that, that we've had just over a short period of time. Uh, so I think goals are important, but at the same point, like, I feel like the reality of where we're going to be is, is so like far removed from whatever 
what I ever thought possible, right? Uh-huh. And then you, you mentioned, you know, kind of being part of like, you know, a mentorship group and, mm-hmm. you know, being able to pull off of what other people do. You know, Andy McFarland says, like, I give you the permission to like succeed. I give you the permission. Like you, ha- you, ha- you have it, like just do it. Yeah. Um, you, you know, and so I love Andy. <laughs> I mean, and so it's just kind of really blown out where we've, uh, where we ever kind of pictured ourselves. And so, I mean, in terms of like the, the real estate business, you know, we try to make it about caring for other people. Like, you know, we, we've developed a little bit of a team around us and we talk about this on our Monday morning meetings of like, it's about caring for other people. And it's, it's, you know, at the end of the day, like, I don't want to go bankrupt that I, you know, I don't want to bankrupt my company or my, my family, but I want it to be about people. And if you're doing the right thing by people and helping people, that's what we've, you know, spent our lives doing right. from before school to now being PAs and NPs, like we care for people. And I want that to be the, the kind of the main focus of the real estate business as well. Because if you have a good house, let's face it, you you sell it on the MLS with realtor. Um, so the people that come to us have have problems and have distress. And uh, you know, I get offended when people are like, "Oh, well, you're just preying on people." Like that, like, like truly hurts me to my core. Like I'm not trying to prey on anybody. Like I'm trying to like they have a legitimate problem, and we just want to be there to kind to kind of help ease that ease that problem, ease that pain. Um, you know, and as long as we don't go bankrupt and we can pay our bills with it. And we like, again, helping people, like I love being able to pay the contractors, being able to pay the videographer to come in and shoot that, shoot that film. Like, you know, we're creating a company that gives back to other people and that's able to help pay other people's bills and, and get them out of things. So I want that to really kind of be the focus and develop a team around us that it happens a little bit more passively, like, you know, granted, you know, we want it to kind of work out in our benefit at the end. And so, uh, to, to kind of passively be able to create this, this team in this company that can give back and, and help others, um, is, is kind of where I'd, I'd like to see us. So the um, goal is, I mean, really to, to continue to grow and the, the volume to increase as we become more efficient in what we're doing, but also to slowly back off, to be a little bit more passive, maybe each year, um, and to have the company value, the company moral, the goal of the company be so solidified that we can do that. We can do more volume and we can be more passive while, while enabling and empowering our company to do more with, with that focus of where people, where we help people, people come to us with a problem and we help them. And that's what it is. So we kind of build off that and then looking forward, you know, just trying to do more, more volume, maybe, maybe another market, um, but certainly more passive. So it's kind of hard to like put a number on that. Like we want to do a thousand deals by five years, you know, it's hard to say what that is. We try to make quarterly goals as we're growing. Um, We find that it's a little bit more attainable. It's a little more like, okay, I know I can do this in the next, you know, three to four months. Um, And then like build from there with that overall goal of volume and passivity, you know, moving forward. That's awesome. Like, that's awesome. Like, basically, your goal is to help people. In five years, in a year, you want to be helping people. In five years, you want to be helping people. So that's your five-year goal, to help people. Yeah. Do you guys have a morning routine that you like to try and utilize Gear and uh, implement? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Mornings are the hardest in our house. That is yeah. the thing. Um, we, we are, we're kind of night owls, I think, in the, in the most sense. So we stay up late. The kids go to bed. And we have those few hours where there's the house is quiet. So we, we stay up late. So when we, the alarm goes off in the morning, it's kind of like, it's a little bit hard. Yeah, I'm talking to uh, two people that worked in the bar industry for, oh, for right. many years. So yeah, the 5 a.m. Uh, getting home, going to yeah. bed, we, we, we know that. <laughs> so, so the shift has been 
a different shift, of course. Sure, so. sure. so the morning is really just about the kids. So we get up for the morning, we get the kids breakfast, get them settled into their morning routine with packing lunches, getting them fed, getting them dressed and getting them off to school. And once everyone's off to school, then we cut, we were back at the house and we're probably like nine o'clock, nine and 30 then. And then we, then we start getting into gear. We get our coffee, we get into our office, we run our list, which we usually have the day before, you know, a general, what do we need to do the next day? Um, and, uh, I, mean, I think our morning ritual is like our night ritual. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's so that's what it's sounding. So describe your night ritual. Yeah. So after, after the kids are kind of all, all tidied up into bed, you know, we utilize Podio and we have, you know, access to our team. We actually use Skype. I know a lot of people do different messaging things mm-hmm. for, for their teams. Uh, and so we have Skype messaging that we con- concentrate on all day long. Uh, but at the end of the day, I try to just make sure that everything's wrapped up from the end of the day and that everybody's set to go in the next, in, for the next day. And so looking into Podio, whatever tasks need to be done, whatever follow-up, did we get the follow-up done for the day? Who needs to be followed up tomorrow? This ep- so I can get everybody locked and loaded so that when they, hit, when they wake up the next morning, our team can get going running while we're running around trying to get the kids together. Yeah, so then yeah. once we get back, into the office, we check in with our team. We check in with our um, our transaction manager who's managing all of our closings that day. Make sure that all the, all the wires for closings are ready to go, that we don't have to like scramble last minute to get a closing um, fund funded. Um, so check in with her, make sure that's all going well. There's no, no issues that we need to take with that. We t- Our lead manager, our current leads going in, are there any problems? Do, we, do they need help with, with navigating any issues with our, with our current leads? We touch base with our project manager. How are our current rehab? is doing? What phase are we in? What's the hold up with this? What's the hold up with that? Are we on schedule? Are we on budget? And go from there. That pretty much takes our whole day, you know? Um, and then there's a lot of running around still for us meeting, meeting, um, our contractor and our project manager on site. Um, I, I do a lot of the design and material specifications. So I, I'm there making sure I'm the, the materials that I picked are, are executing well and the contractors are doing what I want them to do. Um, I'm starting to back off a little bit more now that we our project manager is getting better trained and kind of understanding my flow, what I want. Um, but there's still a bunch of those errands that we, that we run throughout the day. Um, I mean, we're definitely still in the growing phase. Yeah. You know? So we, we get the idea of systems and, and we're, we're implementing those systems. Um, but it's, it's still kind of at that hands-on kind of, uh, we're still there a lot less time. Yep. I mean, a year ago we did all that ourselves and had no team members. So more and more so it's, it's backing off and it's a lot more checking in with the team and problem solving with the team. So they come to us with a problem and their proposed solution. And then we work on it together instead of problem explode fire drill. What are we doing? Uh, (laughs) But there's certainly days where like, it feels like everything went wrong on the contractors late or didn't show or the materials not there or the lead that we thought was going to be amazing just fell through and the closing that was supposed to be awesome blew up. So there's definitely days where you're fire drilling, but thankfully they're a little bit less and less as time goes on. And full disclosure, the project manager actually just came on like two weeks ago. Wow. um, And then she was on vacation this week. And I was like, no, I miss you so much already. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, so my day yesterday was a lot more kind of running around like this week than than what I had to do kind of the week prior. And uh, so we're definitely excited about where, where we're going. That's amazing. The leveraging people is just, it's, it definitely takes your business to another level, but to, talk to those that are just starting out and they're listening to this podcast. They're like, Oh my goodness, Stephanie's Stephanie and Zach are like, so like they have all their stuff together. They know they like figure this all out. 
how did you figure this all out? Did you, did you like one day have an epiphany and all this information went into your brain? You're just like, wow, this is what I have to do. Or did you dot, dot, dot? Yeah. How did you figure it out? You know, so talking about like, um, you know, spouse and that kind of relationship, we both have the idea, like whatever it takes. And so when you have two people that are, you know, and we're like this in our marriage and we're like this in our business, whatever it takes, if that means 2 a.m., whatever it takes, I don't care. And when you work with people that don't have that same mindset, you know, it gets to be really kind of frustrating. Um, but we definitely kind of learned so much along the way. We have so many people to kind of thank and, and attribute to our success from here. Yeah. That is the information out there. Yeah. I, like podcasts like this, this is how we started. It was, you know, fall of 2014. I remember putting up <clears throat> Christmas directions or Christmas decorations. And I had, you know, the earbuds in listening to, to some of the podcasts that are out there. People would come up and try to talk to me. I'm like, hold on. I'm, I'm in the middle of like yeah. something good here. Like pause it to, to get back to it. And uh, I mean, I owe a lot to, to podcast and, and local RIAs, to be honest with you. Um, we're working full time. I'm traveling, you know, I'm not now, but up until a couple months ago I was, and it would be a, you know, a 40 minute travel each way. And that to entire work. way to work would all just be podcasts. It'd be podcasts to work. It'd be podcasts home, um, and hitting the local RIAs. You know, I think you learn a lot from podcasts, but then the reality is a lot of it is about relationships. And so making sure that people hit their local RIAs, I think is very important too, because those, you know, local relationships go a long, long way. Um, and you know, then we got into the, um, you know, into house flipping formula and, uh, you know, seven figure flipping. And I mean, that just like, all right. So that was a great name for the podcast foundation, right? I mean, I, I built this foundation off of podcasts mm-hmm. and then like, you see like this whole other level of stuff and you're like, you just had mind blown. Like what? You know, we walked away from that first, like mastermind, like, yeah, Whoa, I think that, that's different than what I thought we could ever do. Like, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think definitely having relationships with other investors is really, really important. It keeps you motivated. It keeps you grounded. You have someone else to ask for advice, which is amazing. Um, I think the first thing we did to get started was figure out what does a deal mean? What is a deal? What, I mean, how, what's the formula? How do you decide what a purchase price is? And I think that propelled us forward. And now we didn't do any crazy marketing in the beginning. We got our first deals off MLS. There's deals on MLS. There's there. I searched. That was, that was, you want to talk about nightly routine. So it's a lot less now because we have a team around us, but that was a nightly routine. Come home from work. Yeah. Work 14 hours, make sure the kids were in bed, uh, do a little workout. And then it would be on the computer, searching Zillow, searching MLS, searching Craigslist, you know, contacting people to, to try to get a deal and, you know, not putting the, cart in front of the horse. Like it's one step at a time. Like you don't have to know how to rehab the house. If you don't have the deal, right. You right. got to, you got to get the deal first. And, um, while it's good to learn, you know, that analysis by paralysis, I feel like you just learn by doing is essentially it. You want to get that foundation. So listen to this podcast to get your foundation. <laughs> right. But once you get that foundation, literally you just have to, you just have to do it. I listened to podcasts for probably a full year before we ever wholesaled our first house. People talk about it all the time, conceptually, and it's like easy in your head, but then you go to do it and you like have this panic moment. Like, okay, people talk about it, but what is this actually going to be? And as soon as we walked through that first one and made a few thousand dollars, like, whoa, that was easy. Like, yeah. you know, but we, yeah. you can read about it all you want, but until you actually do it now, it's like, oh, now I know how to do it because we actually did it. Right. So just so, taking that action step. So number one, figure out what a deal is, know the formula of what your purchase price can be, you know, minus your repairs, all that stuff. Feel really comfortable with those numbers. You don't have to run through and analyze the de- deals. I mean, we probably analyzed about a hundred deals before we got our first one in that four month period where we were just like trying to figure out where to get started. 
Um, so just don't be afraid to analyze them. And we saved our, like I have like a manila folder for every deal that we analyze or whatever. And I saved them, even the ones that we didn't get. And we looked back months later and saw like, Oh, someone bought it. And like, Oh, look at these after, like all these after pictures still stay on, on Zillow. So you can go and see what these people did to these homes. And if, and if you were right with your after repair value and, and it's, you know, so keep your check. Right. Yeah. yeah. And check right. yourself and see where you're right, where your numbers yeah. were. And some, we were off some, are, the ARV was higher and they sold it for higher than we thought by like 20,000. And Hey, maybe I would have gotten that deal then if I had known that, you know? So I would think you, you analyze a bunch of deals, double check yourself over time because you'll see the people flip the, the homes and see what they did. Um, and then go find people who are doing what you want to do and make, make relationships with people. And it's as easy as downloading the meetup app and just going to a meetup. That's it. Just go on a date night to a meetup and have a good cheeseburger. Unfortunately, most of our date nights are meetup meetings. <laughs> you don't have a lot of time, so that's where we go. But you know what? We go have a cheeseburger and we go talk to some people who are doing some stuff and you learn little nuggets along the way. And then you learn like, these people aren't geniuses. They don't have a ton of money. These people aren't millionaires. We love you guys. If you guys are listening, we still love you. <laughs> we, yeah. If there's millionaires out there, we want to meet you too. No. <laughs> but the people, like you think like, oh, you can't invest in real estate unless you have a huge nest egg or your parents, you know, left you money. Like we, we had a teeny tiny home equity loan on our house that got us started. And that was just enough to propel us through the fear um, and then in the home equity loan, I mean, I think it was like $15,000 and we leveraged our own property to get that $15,000. So you don't need a lot of money. You can do it without any money. You can, you can absolutely do without even that. So I think that talking to people eases that fear because you realize that they're just like you, they have no money in their bank account or no savings at least. And they did it one little tiny step at a time. So I definitely think if you do those two things, you can propel yourself without a question. Yeah. We hear fear is it's a constant through line is that just the fear to actually get started. And your point just being that you guys were so afraid to to just do that wholesale deal. And then, then you just did it. And you're like, well, that wasn't that bad. And we made money. And that's it's a, the big point for people out there is that what's the worst that's going to happen? What, what is it going to be worse if you don't do it? Or is it you try? I mean, what's going to happen? Are they going to come and just say, oh, you tried to wholesale a house and take your car and take your dog? Probably not going to happen. <laughs> you know? So at this point, it, take that first step. You'll figure it out as it goes. And the only, re, the only way you're going to have to figure out these things is you can get people around you. That's an awesome way. Or you're going to try it and you're going to figure out what you don't know pretty quickly. And you're going to realize that it's not that bad. So for that point, yeah, we really, those are some great points. We really appreciate you guys uh, giving us that full context. And we'd love since you guys have given us a ton of wealth in this podcast to see if you have any words that you live by. Words that we live by. I think whatever it takes takes. kind of tends to be the general theme, you know, whatever it it takes. And, um, and a lot of different and business wise and family wise, I think you got to always know what it takes and then you just have to do it. And it's really, it's really hard to, to, to do it sometimes, but you just have to do it. You and, can have whatever you want. Right. right? I mean, yeah. I even catch up with us sometimes. Like, Oh, you know, you try to make excuse and then you look at it and you're like, no, I'm just making an excuse. Like I can have that or I can do that, but yeah. it's the decisions I make that are and preventing that, me from doing that. And the actions you, take, no you, just have to, you just have to do it. That's it. 
Wow. Whatever it takes. Thank you so much, Zachary. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for being on our podcast. But that before we let you go, we, we would love to know if people want to reach out to you, uh, say yes. hello, uh, hear a little bit more about your business, or maybe I want to sell a house down in the uh, North Carolina area. Where, where's the best place to uh, find you? Okay, great. So our website is www.betters with an S homes.com B E T T E R S H O M E S.com. And, uh, my email is Stephanie at bettershomes.com and Zachary at bettershomes.com. Right. Uh, we'll email you right back. Facebook page. Oh, and our Facebook page. Yes. It's Facebook slash betters homes. Awesome. And Thank you'll get an automated response. You send out to her. Come right back you get, to you. <laughs> Before you're even done typing. So, so that's great, guys. Thank you so much for being on. We've learned a ton. I know our listeners are going to learn a ton. And uh, this was amazing. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, we appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having us. <laughs> this is Jason and Peely with the REI Foundation Podcast. Thank you so much again to Zachary and Stephanie Betters. Have a great day. Hi, everybody. Peely here from the REI Foundation podcast. Looking to rev up your wholesaling or house flipping business? Go now to houseflippinghq.com. Jason and I are part of a house flipping family, a community created by Justin Williams. Would we be where we are without him and without his community and his mentors? Probably not. Justin and his team basically handed us personalized shortcuts and exact strategies that have made us explode in today's market. So if you're looking to take the next step, go to houseflippinghq.com right now. Again, this is Peely from the REI Foundation podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we are so grateful for you. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for tuning into the REI Foundation Podcast. Check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies to launch your new you in real estate.